Hi, and welcome to a very short introduction. From ancient Greece to branding, globalisation to Homer, and logic to fashion, we'll showcase a concise and dynamic insight into a range of diverse topics for wherever your curiosity may lead you. So here is today's very short introduction. My name is Jerkin Whaley, and I'm Professor of German History and Thought at the University of Cambridge, where I teach all aspects of German history from the Middle Ages to the present day. The title of my very short introduction is quite simply the Holy Roman Empire. This is one of the most important and yet most misunderstood subjects in German history. The empire was the most durable political system that has ever existed in the German lands and one of the most important in Europe over a thousand years from the 9th century to the start of the 19th century. It's no exaggeration to say, I think, that if you don't know about the history of the Holy Roman Empire, you cannot really fully understand Germany today. I first became interested in the empire quite early on in my career. I'd started working on the Reformation, but that was a crowded field, so I ended up studying religious toleration in Hamburg in the 17th and 18th centuries. As I worked on that, I was increasingly intrigued by the many references that I came across to the Holy Roman Empire, of which the city of Hamburg was a part. So I decided to study it in more detail for my next book, and it turned out to be really fascinating and important. I think I started out with a vague idea that a lot of people have, based on having heard the famous statement by the French Enlightenment philosopher Voltaire that it was neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. As it happens, I later found that Voltaire said that specifically about the empire in the 1350s. When he wrote about it in his own day, however, in the late 17th and 18th century, he was much more positive about the virtues of this system. But when I began my work, I found that many of the German books and articles that I started out reading about the empire were also extremely negative about it. They suggested that it had once been important in the Middle Ages, but that it was pretty meaningless for the last three centuries before it was destroyed by Napoleon in 1806. My book tells a very different story from which three key points emerge. Firstly, I see the empire as the German kingdom, which developed from a tribal federation into a feudal monarchy, and finally into a constitutional monarchy over the course of a thousand years. Secondly, in the 16th century, the empire became the first and most durable multi-confessional system in Europe. Thirdly, for many centuries, the empire successfully defended itself against repeated attacks by French and Ottoman Turkish forces. It was far from helpless, in other words. The link with Rome began in the 9th century when the popes petitioned the German rulers to protect them against various heathen enemies that were then threatening the Italian peninsula. The popes granted them the right to call themselves Roman emperors with a duty to protect both Rome and the church. This also gave them precedence over other European rulers, but it never really gave them control over Rome, and the abandonment of that aspiration by Emperor Charles IV in 1356 prompted Voltaire's famous remark. The German kingdom developed in a way quite like any other at the time. 
The old practice of various tribes electing a common leader developed into a system of regional rulers electing a king. The number of electors was gradually limited to seven by 1356, but the periodic gatherings of nobles, bishops, and city representatives ultimately turned into a deed, a kind of parliament, which the emperor had to consult before any legislation could be passed. This constitutional arrangement was challenged severely by the Reformation. As Luther's rebellion against Rome gathered ground, the Emperor Charles V wanted to suppress it, but the Elector of Saxony and other princes protected Luther. Frederick the Wise of Saxony was and remained a loyal Catholic, but he disputed the Emperor's right to intervene in what he regarded as the internal affairs of his territory. Within a few years it was agreed that each prince and each imperial city would deal with the religious situation in their own way, some remaining Catholic, others becoming Lutheran. Charles V's attempt to overturn this situation in the 1540s failed, and a compromise was reached which was enshrined in law in the Peace of Augsburg in 1555, which allowed each territory to determine which religion it followed. Another attempt by Ferdinand II to enforce Catholicism in the early 17th century was the real cause of the Thirty Years' War in Germany in 1618, which resulted in the renewal of the Compromise in the Peace of Westphalia in 1648. This provided the constitutional framework that guaranteed the rights of Catholics, Lutherans and Calvinists in the empire and the existence of all of the territories that belonged to the empire as independent units within it until the demise of the whole system in 1806. I still find the way that the system developed over so many centuries really intriguing. And as I've said, I don't think you can really understand Germany today without knowing about it. So much of the history of the German lands in the 19th and 20th and 21st centuries has been shaped by the thousand-year history of the Holy Roman Empire. It's true that the empire was ultimately destroyed by Napoleon's armies in 1806, but no other European country succeeded in resisting them at that time. And the federal structures of the empire were replicated in the German Confederation, which succeeded it in 1815, and in every successive German state up to the present. The multi-level system of government created structures of federalism and a federal mentality, which the Germans, of course, still have. It also made possible the survival of cities, counties and small principalities as independent units. Among other things, this accounts for the extraordinary cultural vitality and diversity of German-speaking Europe. The empire also the framework within which the German language developed and in which the Germans developed a sense of their own identity, a sense of cohesion that existed alongside their strong regional identities as Bavarians, Saxons or Prussians. If you're interested in Germany and in Europe and how they have become what they are today, this is a book that you really must read. <music>